0: Now, in my experience, growth usually comes from a source of pain or discomfort which pushes you to try something new or interrupt an old behavior simply because you come to realize that the pain of remaining the same, of remaining who you are and where you are is far greater than the discomfort it's going to take for you to change and try something new. My intention for this show is to inspire growth within you. So if you want to familiarize yourself with the journey many have taken to drastically change their lives, this is the place to be. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Grow With Muin podcast. I am your host, Muin Zaffer and today I have with me Austin Giuliano. Austin is a social media consultant who went from being home- homeless, sleeping out of his car with 43 cents to his name, to one of the fastest growing live streaming influencers. Austin, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me on here and I'm super excited to talk to all your listeners and yeah, I hope everybody's doing great today.
0: Yeah, I hope so too and I'm really excited to hear your story. So let's dive straight into it. So let's talk about from when you were uh, living in your car. What was happening around you and then what sort of pushed you to sort of change that situation?
1: Okay. I'm actually going to take it a step back because the story, how I got there is kind of interesting. I started being an entrepreneur at 20 something years old. And like every 20 year old, I was really gung ho, but also really dumb because nobody freaking guided me in this thing. I was just like, okay, let's do it. It was around, I think 2008, 2009, I graduated college, couldn't get a job, We were in the midst of a recession, kind of feels sort of similar right now. And I was just like, okay, if I can't find a job, if nobody's going to hire me, I better go do something myself. So I, I joined this agency uh, because I met my significant other and she was a graphic designer. And in six months, I doubled her business's revenue because I understand how to do sales. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. And then I started getting really interested in social media because there's all these people who are like, hey, can you help us with our marketing? And I was like, well, what are you doing now? And they were like, we're spending $1,000 a month on this full page print ad in this local magazine. And I'm like, and how much business does that get you? And they're like, we don't know. And Facebook advertising was like this brand new thing that nobody ever heard about. Nobody like knew all the ways it was powerful. And I was like, just watch what I can do. I'm not sure I'm very good at this thing, but let me like, just start playing around with it. And they saw massive results because they're like, well, we were getting 10,000 impressions from this magazine and getting 10,000 impressions in Facebook is ridiculously cheap. And then they were like, we're actually getting website traffic. We're getting you know, more sales. Like You can track this whole thing. So I started doing really, really well in business in this small town, but being a dumb 20-something-year-old, I screwed up and everything collapsed. And I was like, okay. I have nothing. I failed in business. Like I lost everything. I was like, the smart thing to do would be to go home with my mother, you know, sleep in her basement, get a job, build myself back up. Like that is the like what wisdom tells you to do. And there was this weird thing inside me that I was like, I know that is the quote unquote right decision. But I also know that if I go and do that, there's going to be my death, like my spiritual, emotional death. I'm going to get trapped in this little hole and never get out of it. And I was like, I don't want to live that life. Like this was a pivotal moment. So my girlfriend and I were like, okay, let's do the most ridiculous thing we've ever kind of thought of. Let's pack up what little possessions we have in my hunk of junk car and drive down to New York. And we made it to New York because a friend happened to be like going on vacation. So we had a place for a month. We were trying to figure it out, but New York is expensive and you have nothing and you have no connections. And she came back and we're like, okay, we're good. And we like hopped in my car. We found the one street in all of Brooklyn that actually had 24 seven parking, which is unheard of in New York. (laughs) And my car broke down and We're like, okay, I guess we're sleeping out of the car. And for a number of months, that is kind of where we were at was just this everyday waking up, going to Starbucks because it was like $2 for a cup of coffee and you had basically a place with heat and coffee Mm. and a meeting place and Wi-Fi. So it was like the cheapest office slash room I could have and I was like just living in that sort of place trying to get myself out of it. So to go to your question, what ended up happening that changed my mindset, because that's really the big thing that shifted my results, was I realized that I got to the place where I was because I chose that destination. Mm -hmm. I chose every single action I've ever did in life And those little tiny actions, those little tiny events eventually led to my situation. And I went, okay, if this is the case, then if I took the exact opposite actions that I was currently taking and how I would normally react, if I go, what is the exact opposite thing I would normally do? And I started doing those actions, then I should start getting different results. And it started really small. I would get off the train you know and i would normally make a right to get off the train and go up the stop because that was the quickest way i'm like okay let's make a left and even though making a left put me out of my way you know took an extra 2 minutes to like go around and it really doesn't fundamentally change anything the little tiny act of actively trying to break my old patterns and not fall into these routines and create new routines started steamrolling and then i was like okay if I wanted to lose weight, if I'm overweight and I want to lose weight, I have to eat right and I have to exercise. Fundamentally, that is what works. There's no secrets. Well, what my brain consumes is going to predicate what my brain thinks. Our brain is a muscle. So I started focusing on what I was consuming on a daily basis. And being in the social media game, I'm consuming a lot of social media and That is a rabbit hole that we've all gone down where you're like, this is just negative BS. Mm. And it just feeds more and more of this because that's what the algorithms are designed to do is just feed you things that keep you consuming. Uh so I actively sought out things that would expand my mind. I would sit and I would watch 4 to 5 hours a day of motivational YouTube videos. You know those playlists where they have that inspirational music and these various like yes. clips from, you know, famous TV shows and things like that. While I was doing other activities, I was listening to it because it was making me feel motivated and inspired and I was like this is better than the other crap that I was consuming. And I would go to my local library and I'd get audio books and I would start listening to people who were actually successful, hearing what they said and learning from them. And that action alone made me start seeing the world in a very different place. And seeing the world in a different place means you start taking different actions. Because I wasn't seeing all the Problems I was having in my life. I wasn't going, oh my God, I don't have any money. Where does my food come from? Like, I still had to deal with that. Like, that was the reality of my situation. I didn't have money, and finding 20 bucks on the ground was a freaking miracle. But it was more, okay, what can I do? How can I be of service? And then I heard Tony Robbins talking about tithing and how important it is to give because it you in a state of abundance because if you have so much money that you can give money out and give time out and give resources out then you're gonna have just more of it and he was like it's it's something you have to start from day one it's not like you're gonna make 10 million dollars and tithe a million dollars he's like if you can't give 10 cents to a dollar there's no way you're giving a million dollars to a hundred million or whatever the correlation is i'm terrible at math sometimes so I was like, okay, I have 43 cents. How do I tithe? I'm like, I could give this away, but that's not really smart. And I wasn't really there. And I was like, what if I walked down the streets of New York City and every person I made eye contact with, in my mind, I imagined giving them $10,000. And going through my mind, what their reactions would be, what their feelings would be. I would see their them crying. I would see the disbelief, the are you pucking me? I'd see people get angry because they would think I'm I'm screwing with them. I would see people talking about how much it's going to change their life. And this put a level of joy in myself. And later on I found out that there's no difference between imagination and reality. Our same neurons fire in the same way when we imagine something as when we actually do it. So I was imagining having this state of abundance and just giving it away and that on top of all the other things i was doing started putting me in the state of abundance where new opportunities were presenting themselves and i actually was able to get out of my situation and i know i talk a lot so i'm gonna take a breath here
0: no that's actually a very beautiful story and you seem to have a very good i don't know what it is like an internal compass did you read about like um feeling something and not knowing the difference between it's actually happening or is it real? Or is that something that you thought about doing and, and then you found out later, oh, this, this is, there's actually science behind this.
1: Uh, it's something I actually started doing when I was around 12 years old. I almost committed suicide and I was extremely depressed and what I did is I was in the bathroom. I had a knife to my chest. I was literally going to plunge it into my heart and I thought about how's my mother going to feel? Because she was the only person who actually cared about me. I didn't even care about myself. And so I was like, I could do this, but this is going to hurt her. And I don't want that to happen. So what can I do? And not knowing anything, I was like, well, what if I started lying to myself? What if I started saying all the things that I was saying to myself, but what I considered lies. So I started saying, I'm handsome. I'm confident. People want to be my friends girls want to date me. And I just lied to myself again and again and again and again and again. And it, it took me six months to a year. And then this miracle happened where I got my first job to be a snowboard instructor, which then I started making friends because there was something we all had in common. And I started becoming good at something because I was good and I was confident. And in a position of authority, these girls were like, hey, who's this dude? And <laughs> Uh, That steamrolled from there. So like, I knew of this technique because it was just something I stumbled upon. And later I learned through watching TED Talks and things like that, the science behind it. But it was just this weird thing that I stumbled into very early on.
0: That's that's what I call a very good uh, internal guidance compass. (laughs) I, I like to think I have one of those two. <laughs> I was actually, well, not uh, in a situation where I quit. Um, uh, I used to work at the bank and then I, I left the job for, for reasons that one, it was, uh, it was making me anxious anxiety. I noticed that when I was getting close to the bank, I would be really anxious. I was like, well, this doesn't seem right. What can I do? And then also at the same time, I just uh, had my first uh, baby. And then I was getting to see her just one hour every day. And to me, and to me, that was like, you know, that's not right. You know, that's, that's my baby. And I'm, I'm not even seeing her. I, I decided to quit. And then obviously there was a time period where I actually didn't know what to do or, you know, how to make money because, you know, same concerns. And there was a time period in that, uh, you know, was it six or six to eight months where I thought about going to the bank where friends were telling me, you know, go back, figure things out. And then and then do, you know, whatever it is I want that you want to do. But I know deep down within me that that is not actually that I wanted to, what I wanted to do. And, uh, so I ignored them and I just dove into what felt right to me. And like you said, my Instagram feed, I, you know, unfollowed everyone that was feeding negativity. I started following good people that gave me inspiration that were, they were doing the things that I wanted to do so that, you know, I was in the same sort of vib- vibrational frequency as them. And, you know, somehow, you know, I've, I wrote a book, I published it. It was about my daughter. And, uh, you know, I started working for, there's a guy who owned a wellness center. So he did hypnotherapy and chiropractic services there. And a part of me always wanted to be mentored by someone. So uh, I actually ended up going there for hypnotherapy because I wanted to change some of the core beliefs I had in my subconscious mind. And that's something I was really interested in. So he ended up, the owner of that place ended up hiring me. And you know I was like, well, this is exactly what I wanted and somehow I've attracted it. So yeah. I resonate a lot with your story. I think this is intuition that guides us sometimes, even when we're in tough spots and when we choose to trust it. It would have been easier for you to go back to a regular job Rather than you know, live from your car, which is hard, man.
1: Yep. Absolutely. I'm a big believer in trusting your intuition because it's the only way you actually learn how what your intuition is actually saying. The first time you trust your intuition, you're gonna screw up. And that's okay. Like it's a muscle like anything else. But I am now every single one of my decisions I have ever made in business comes straight from the gut at this point in time. I know how to look at the data and back up the data and read the data. Like That is easy and fun. That's a skill set too. But learning how to do things that don't make any logical sense or not on your business trajectory are the little things that make you go viral, make these massive connections happen that gets you in front of the very right person to get you where you need to go. You cannot control success. There's no way you can map out a game plan and go, if you do X, Y, and Z exactly these steps, you're going to make it like, that's only partially true. The rest of it is there is magic and miracles and luck and all these other things that come in that like help throw rocket fuel on wherever you're going. Now, don't get me wrong. Like You got to put a lot of hard work in, you got to put the hours in like, but it's very different experience when you're putting the hard work and the hours in. And at the end of the day, you feel completely drained because you're like, you're angry and you're upset. And then when you're putting the hard work and the hours in and at the end of the day, you're like, Holy crap. I want to fall asleep just so I can wake up the next day and keep going because, Oh my God, I got so much things and I'm so excited. And like, you're literally being pulled forward. That is when you're working in flow with the universe or God or whatever your frame of reference is for that idea. And that is where you need to be focusing most of your day and time and effort.
0: Yeah, I love that. And it's, uh, it's very simple but it's it's very hard for people to do and it's a part of it is just because what's considered normal and all right is is what's conventional right working a 9 to 5 and living there's, your
1: yeah go on there's one thing that i've consistently seen that stops people from doing that and that is fear mm. fear of being wrong fear of embarrassing yourself fear of not doing something right like the reason i blew up in social media and in particular live streaming is as I was homeless, as I was, you know, in this experience, but I was starting to change my mentality, the The social medias of Meerkat and Periscope premiered at South by Southwest. Meerkat premiered at South by Southwest um, on stage. And then three days later, Periscope launched. Mm-hmm. And, It was a brand new platform and a brand new medium. We are doing these things now, but like, this was never really a thing. Like this was years ago. And so everybody was like, this is cool. And this is interesting. And I was like, okay, I'm going to jump into this. I'm going to jump two feet in. Like conventional wisdom says, no, I should be focusing on Facebook and like really like getting a job to run some Facebook ads to recreate my business. Like I know how to do that. And I was like, but this live streaming thing is interesting. And yes, I could go on camera and I will make a fool of myself. Yes, I can go on camera and nobody will see me. Yes, I can go on camera and I can mess up and, and all these different things could go wrong. But what if? And that that little phrase, what if? you're looking at something bigger is where you kind of just start running. So the first live stream I got on, I got on with a buddy of mine and our very first live stream, we had 3000 concurrent viewers watching us. And I was just like, that is a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And it was weird because like we didn't, we were just like hanging out and talking and that just continued to build and build and build. And because it's a small community, I got to get introduced to all these amazing other people and grow really rapidly. The only person who beat me in growth was Grant Cardone, big Daddy G himself, who is a freaking billionaire and amazing, he beat me in growth. You know what? I'm okay with being number two to Grant Cardone, but like, it's the it's the turning off the little fear switch in your brain and just going, let's just go for it. Let's see what happens because only good things can really happen. You know? Mm,
0: yeah, I think I was reading something the other day. It's uh, in this uh, book uh, that's called A Lion Tracker's Guide to Life. And he was talking about things like, if you have your entire life pad laid out in front of you, it's not your life pad. Or when things are too uncertain, it's chaotic. But if there's no uncertainty at all, then that's equal to death.
1: Yes. I'm writing this book down.
0: Oh, yeah. It's, it's actually really, really good. Um, awesome. Yeah. The guy who uh, wrote this book is actually a really good storyteller. So if you're into audiobooks,
1: Oh, it's audible is my jam <laughs> it is the best freaking resource you could possibly have for all the listeners on here you need to go get an audible membership and mm-hmm. if you have an affiliate link you definitely need to start plugging it because holy crap audible is amazing
0: <laughs> i do have an affiliate link i'll plug it in okay um, all right so let's talk about the next phase in your life so you still living in your car at what point was your big break Where you actually moved out of that situation, you know, got into a place. What happened?
1: Okay. So what happened was I was starting to do this live streaming thing and uh, we started creating like a semi-weekly show, my buddy and I, and he was like this working Joe guy who knew nothing about business. And I was 20 something and I had some experience, even though I failed. And we started talking about business and what it takes to be successful, what we're learning about live streaming, you're kind of sharing your best tips because like the first time people live stream and you start having people interacting with you and you start responding to them and then you forget what you're doing, you're like, Mm. oh God. And then you're like, what do I do? What was I saying? And you freak out and you blank. And it's like, here's a very simple tip. If you're about to live stream and you have like five things you want to say, write it down on a piece of paper. So when you respond and you know you're on number three and then you forget what you're saying, you look down and you're like, oh tip number three. So let me get back to this. And then you just get right back into it. Like these little tiny things we were teaching people because nobody knew we were forefront running it. And then I had this little bit of imposter syndrome start to hit me as we were going, because I'm talking about business. I'm like, but I'm sleeping out of my car Mm. and I failed in business. Mm. And I realized that I was... I felt like I was like kind of lying to everybody, even though I had this attention on me. And I was like, I don't know what to do. How do I, how do I rectify this in my brain and like talk about this stuff that I'm really passionate about, even though I failed. And I realized that, okay, what if I did the one thing I'm so scared to do? What if I tell everybody I failed and this is what I learned? And I was like, Everything in my body says don't do it, but I'm going to do it anyways. And I started talking from this place like, listen, you know, take everything I say with a grain of salt. Try it. Like, this is what has worked for me. But, like, I also have failed. Like, I didn't do well. This is some lessons I learned. And what ended up happening was people realized, like, that is what authenticity really is. Your willingness to be vulnerable and share the, like, that you're not this perfect paragon of excellence like i mess up too you know i'm a human being and and this is the things you have to deal with it's a part of the learning and growing process and i actually started building real trust with people and because of that people were like hey can you help me you know will you will you work with me and i was like sure i don't know what i'm selling but what do you need help with and The audience actually created the product for me. You know, like we all think, oh, I gotta create this perfect product and then go out there and sell it. No, you need to go out there and start educating and building an audience and serving, and then the product will be created. Sarah Blakely, the CEO of Spanx, literally talks about it. She says that, you know, she created Spanx because it served the need and she got people into it, but then every product after that came from her audience saying, this is what we need. Don't try and create a product and sell it, find a need and solve it. And then it just sells itself. So like, that's, I started like actually rebuilding a consulting business. And then from there, what really like was this big break, um, was I managed to get into like an, a long-term Airbnb because we didn't have enough money to throw down for, you know, uh, for like a first and last and deposit because New York city is God awful expensive. Mm -hmm. And we were like doing this long-term Airbnb thing. And my girlfriend at the time, she got an opportunity to work with this massive business name across the country. And that person was like, I want you here in three days. And we're like, Mm -hmm. what? Like three days. And I was like, okay, well, we're not missing this opportunity. So we packed her up, and I shipped her out. You know, <laughs> we uh, called up my dad and my mom, and we're like, listen, this is the opportunity. Is there a way you could get her to uh, to where she needs to go? And they did, thankfully. I'm super blessed. And about two weeks went by of me being by myself, and I was like, I'm living in New York City by myself. I don't like. Long distance, screw it. Pack everything else up, and I got out there. And from there, we just built even more. And now, thankfully, I'm living in Beverly Hills. It's beautiful. I get to have sunshine, even though I'm quarantined. It's amazing. And my life has fundamentally shifted because at one point in time, I looked at everything I did and I was like, I am the reason I am where I am. Therefore, I'm the reason that I can change to where I want to go. And that was the little shift.
0: That's brilliant. I love that. And then that goes for even if you're in a not a good place, it's still you. That's the reason why you're there. So it works both ways. And I love that philosophy. Just a quick side note. How long yeah. were you living in your car for? Um,
1: I think it was around three to four months. We really got lucky lucky and we really got out of sleeping in the car as winter was coming because i was oh. like <laughs> i don't want to sleep in my car during the middle of winter in new york city so we happened to save up enough to get into like a long-term airbnb but it it was it was not fun
0: yeah of course <laughs> so you sort of packed up and you went to to go be with your girlfriend where she was working Yes. Yes. She was working in Santa
1: Barbara. And then from there, we moved to Los
0: Angeles. Gotcha. So when you uh, sort of packed up and moved to be with her, and now you're in a completely new place. So did you have to start all over again? Yeah, more or less. Um, Thankfully, being
1: in the position I was in, I had an audience online. I had consulting, which was digitally technology was rapidly growing. So, you know, there were things like Zoom uh, Mm -hmm. before this whole coronavirus. This has actually been around for a while. So I would use things like Zoom and Skype to do consulting calls. Um, And as long as I had a strong Wi-Fi connection, I could pretty much get any of my work done. I was used to working out of coffee shops. uh, Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where I lived for a, a little bit of time. And that's kind of where it's been ever since.
0: So, yeah. so you obviously went to some incredibly stressful times. Were there some tools that you used to basically help you cope and like navigate through these difficult times? Were there oh a group God, of people yes. who supported you? So, what were some of the things that you used for, that were really helpful?
1: Okay, so I got a ton of tools based off of years of listening to various books and things like that. One of the best tools I have ever used is, uh, I apologize if uh, I offend any listeners, it's called the shit circle. Our brains are pattern recognition tools. And one of the problems is when we go negative, it continues to go negative and it doesn't stop. We have something like 60,000 thoughts a day and like 90% of them, which is a made up stat, is all the same sort of thoughts just churning over and over and over again. So what you do is, it's a really simple exercise. You take a blank piece of paper and you draw four circles, north, south, west, and east, and you connect it with lines going around. In the north circle, you write some negative thought that is going through your head. Usually it's a negative thought about yourself because we are our own worst enemies. So it's some negative thought. And what you do is after you get that out, That's now going to naturally go to a new thought that's going through your brain. It's another negative thought. And so you make that in the east circle and you write that out. And then that's going to lead you to another negative thought. And you put it in the south circle and then the west circle. And you might need more than four circles, but like we're just doing four. But eventually what's going to come back is to that original negative thought. And you're like, holy crap, this is what my brain is doing. And what you can do is once you get it down, you can recognize what's going on and you can start the next process, which is disassociating from it. This is not working for me. So then what you do is you grab another piece of paper or you flip over your piece of paper, you redraw the four circles with the lines and you go into the north circle. You go, what is the exact opposite of that initial negative thought? What is that positive thought? Even though I don't necessarily believe it to be true, go, what is it? and you write it down. And you go, if that were true, then what? And that's going to bring you to the next thought, and then the next thought, and the next thought. And eventually, it's going to bring you around back to the beginning. And looking at this, you're going to be in your brain going, well, but this isn't true. You go, it doesn't matter. If it was true, this is the pattern that would be running. And then you take that piece of paper, and I know it sounds corny, but you go into the mirror, and you look at yourself, and you start reading those things again, and again, and again, and again, and again, and it's positive affirmations. But by looking at yourself, you're talking to yourself, and it goes straight back into your subconscious because you have so much more intensity when you're staring at yourself, not blinking, going, mother trucker, this is true. (laughs) You gotta be really firm with yourself. Um, That is one of my favorite tools. It is a very effective tool. There is uh, another one of running through a fear barrier. If you have a partner, this is a really fun exercise to do. What you do is when you realize you're getting afraid to do things, like, for instance, if you were going to jump off a cliff into water down below, like, obviously, you're going to get afraid of doing this if you've never done it before. It's one of my favorite things. I love cliff jumping. But like that that fear paralyzes you because you're like, crap. I can't do this. Like your whole body's like, no, this is this is death. I can't do this. So what you do is you find a big open space where you're not going to run into anything. And you imagine a glass barrier about three feet in front of you that goes up. And then what you do is you mentally project all your fears and your insecurities and all your negative negativity into this thing. And in my mind, every time I do it, it's filled with like, gunk and it's radiating it's nasty it's all these things so like i fill it with everything and then you have your partner standing on the other end and you run through it as fast as you can and you see it shatter around you you literally run through your fears you you hear the shatter, like your partner might actually do it. And then you have your eyes closed as you're doing it and you run and they grab you and they give you a big hug because it showcases to you. Like you run through your fear. There's only something there to hug you and love you and, and hold you there and like, Hey, you've done this. And it's, it's freaking fun. Like teaching kids to do this is one of the coolest things. Cause I, my audience is a bunch of young kids and teaching them to see their fears, recognize their fears and then run through their fears when with somebody else there to like help them empowers them. And then you're like, okay, I got this. So like those are two tools I've used for years that work extremely well. The third one is recognizing that if I cannot come up with a solution for whatever problem I'm having, if my rational brain's like, no, 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 it's not gonna work, it's not gonna work you recognize that the solution is outside your consciousness. It is not within your database, your, your library of knowledge. And what you need to do is you need to go find a new book and literally put it into your library. So you start finding mentors. You start finding people who have walked the path. You start learning and you, you, you verify the information because everybody everybody has wants to give their opinion, right? Opinions are like buttholes. We all have them but it's understanding who to listen to. Like my mother has all the opinions in the world. She's Italian. She has an opinion about everything. Even if she doesn't know anything about the subject, she will tell you her opinion about it. But it doesn't mean she's right. She's never once worked for herself. She's never once tried to start a business. She's a nurse and I love her. And that's an amazing job, but that's a certain mentality. And that is never going to get me where I want it to go. So I had to literally drop her. I had to drop everything she said. I had to not pick up the phone when she called because I knew every time I spoke to her, it was going to put me in that frame of reference. And you have to find the people who actually know what the heck they're talking about and listen to them and ask them questions and consume as much information as you can. So those are three of my favorite tools.
0: Those are awesome, and I actually love all of those. My favorite one is the glass shattering one. Just because it's such a such a visual exercise, and then you're reinforcing that with you know a hug at the end of it, which is yep. saying that there's support at the end of your fears, which is that's incredibly powerful. And um, the north, south, east, west exercise, I wrote that down. I'm gonna try that one. And if, if if you're someone who already does you know talk to themselves in the mirror, I found that if you focus on one eye at a time, it it makes it more intense rather if you're trying to look into both eyes sort of lose focus, but I try one eye at a time. I talk to this side and then I talk to this side.
1: Love it. Um, uh, there's a yoga technique too. If you're feeling extremely anxious, my my girlfriend taught me this one. What you do is you set a timer for three minutes um, and you first check and see which nostril are you breathing out of because we switch yeah. back and forth from our nostrils. Even when we're breathing out of both, one is more dominant. And What you do is when you're when you're being anxious, you switch the nostril you're breathing out of because it switches the chemistry in your brain. So right now I'm breathing out of my right nostril more. So I'd plug it and only breathe out of my left nostril for three minutes. And it literally re-centers you and regrounds you and brings you to this place. And it is so freaking phenomenal.
0: These are a ton of amazing techniques. Thank you so much for sharing these.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is what happens when you read and consume so many freaking people's books and knowledge. Like, What I'm teaching you is not things that I came up with. It's things I've learned and I've done. That's the part about knowledge. There is no such thing as a million-dollar idea. There's only a million-dollar execution of an idea. So if you get information and you don't go and apply it, it is freaking useless. Yep. But If you take it and you start implementing it, if you start testing it, if you start seeing, if you start pushing yourself, then it becomes a part of your repertoire of tools and you just, just hold on them naturally.
0: Yeah. And then one more thing I would like to add and it's repetition. So if there's, we talked about, I think three or four different things here. If you want to pick one thing, just stick with it consistently because once you repeat something over and over again, you're actually hypnotizing yourself. So you're, it, it slips into your subconscious mind like you mentioned yourself. That's that's one way you can do it through repetition. And the other way is if you relax and go into a meditative state and your brainwave shifts into theta, that's when you're more suggestive as well. So when we're sleeping, our brain waves th- uh, switch into theta. So that's actually a good time to listen to a hypnosis audio or this something that I do. <laughs> and then the other thing is repetition look in front of uh, stand in front of a mirror talk to yourself repeat it i love I it i love it okay so we're almost at the end of our time together so i want okay. to wrap it up with two questions that i like to ask one is i mean you've already sort of kind of done this but so think about you when you were you know at your lowest so i don't know if it was living in the car or something else but think about you when you were you were at your lowest what would you? What sort of advice would you give to that version of yourself? Think about someone who's in that situation right now. What can you say to them to move them?
1: The best thing I could say to myself back then and to anybody in that spot is, it will get better. Mm. And it's hard to see that. It's hard to understand that right now, but I can guarantee you it will get better. If you so decide that it's going to get better. That's the caveat. It will not get better unless you decide and you go, it is on me to make my life, my situation, my world better. And I understand there are going to be people who are like, well, I'm sick. You know, I have all these things that are outside my control. Yes, that is true. But the one thing you can control that nobody else can control is the things that is happening between your ears. And if you master that, everything else falls
0: into place. Beautiful message, I love that. Thank you so much. And um, so yeah, what's uh, one way people can connect with you, reach out to you, talk to you if they need to? Sure, it's really easy. Uh,
1: Since I'm in social media, my name is everything. My name is Austin, A-U-S-T-I-N-I-U-L-I-A-N-O. If you find that on any social media platform, if you put it into Google, you will find me. And <laughs> I actually talk to people because social media is about being social to other human beings. So come say hello. It's very easy to find me.
0: Love it. And I'll leave the, uh, your, your name tag when I release the episode so people can find it. Thank you so much, Austin, for being on the show and and sharing so much knowledge and wisdom. I really appreciate it.
1: You're welcome, I really appreciate it. And thank you and your audience for listening.
0: I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in to this edition of the Grow With Moon Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to my show so that you don't miss a future episode. Feel free to leave a rating, a comment, if you want to follow me on social media, my Instagram is the Grow With Moin Podcast. Once again, thank you and enjoy the rest of your day.